Matt, we use Anchor.fm for the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. Anchor.fm allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And it's free. Anchor will not only let you record and edit, you can also distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more through Anchor. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which is handy for the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. Anchor.fm has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. This is the second episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast Podcast. My name is Chris. Joining me today on the Bill Simmons Podcast Podcast, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Chris. Matt, this was a three-podcast week from Senior Simmons. The first podcast was Zion's Trade Value, one hour and 55 minutes long. Very long. The second podcast of the week was Catching Up with John Skipper, one hour, 40 minutes, and 22 seconds long. And the third podcast was the one where they talk about Harden. I didn't write down what its actual name was. That one hour, 57 minutes, and 21 seconds long. So we're talking about just about five hours and 30 minutes of podcast content, not counting the rewatchables, Furious Five, or whatever it's called, Fast Five. Fast Five. Don't care, haven't seen it. And I think he did another one, the Sal Against All Odds 100th episode. And he had the video of him, Scarface, and Joe House playing at the... Swinger par three nine hole golf course. You watch that? I watched it as well. What'd you think? How stinks at golf? I didn't expect him to stink at golf. I expect him to be like a halfway decent amateur. Not gonna play in any tournaments, but you know, could go out there on a Saturday afternoon and not slow anybody down. His form was ugly. Yeah, the, didn't look good at all. Well, the thing that stuck out to me most about his form as a non-ball golfer myself, somewhat of a disc golfer, but not a ball golfer, was his putting form was just atrocious. Oh, that did seem. It was strange. Just strange. On the Harden Giannis podcast, the third one of the week, he makes reference to how that's a new putter. Now, I don't know how he can explain <laughs> the new putter having that dramatic impact on a form where he looks like a weird hunched over old person with osteoporosis. His legs are real spread out. It's like he got a new putter and also it was seven inches too short. It looked like he was trying to belly putt with a non-belly putter yes, putter. That is, that's a good description. I also thought everything seemed not very smooth. Real jerky, almost Charles Barkley-like. I thought you were going to say Barkley, yeah. yeah. Another thing to point out, we discussed last week the fact that these are video podcasts. And I thought, is it possible that the reason they don't edit out the ums or the swallows is because you can watch them on video and it would be jerky or the edits would be clear? Yes. So then I went and watched his most recent podcast, the three from last week on YouTube, and they don't actually show the interviews on video. They're just static images. Oh, they're just like a picture of the two of them talking. Yeah, and like the Bill Simmons podcast logo. Oh, so no excuse. None whatsoever. Can't understand why he does this. And speaking of this, beginning on the first podcast of the week, the Zion's Trade Value, he begins pimping at 26 seconds in the DAZN app. Yes. Which you can tell when he has not practiced his ad reads because he calls it the DAZN app. (laughs) Download the the Zone app on your smart TVs, tablets, mobile gaming consoles. Which makes him sound like a buffoon who has not read his copy yet. It also doesn't sound like he's really trying all that hard to sell his good friend and erstwhile mentor, John Skipper's product, which is really the genesis, I think, uh, another word that we'll talk about a little bit later, of the Skipper interview. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is it is suspicious that suddenly the Bill Simmons podcast advertiser, DAZN, which is owned by, or I guess 
founded by John Skipper. He's somehow the CEO Bob. or something. Yeah, and then suddenly he comes on to talk on Bill Simmons' podcast, but not about anything particularly interesting or the stuff that people would obviously want to hear about. Before we get to Pearl Jam, which starts at 3 minutes, 16 seconds into the Zion trade value. Again, fast. long. Yeah, again, a long, unnecessary intro. You would have to hit your 30-second fast-forward button six and a half times. Yeah, and I think last time, it was like four. I mean, we thought it was really long last time. This was almost as long. He also teases Brian Windhorse showing up later in the week. I think Brian Windhorse is going to come on as well. Never, Never showed up. up. Yes, I forgot about that. It's great. <laughs> he also talks about how, in addition to the Zone app, the, the podcast is brought to you by The Ringer. We're brought to you by TheRinger.com, the world's greatest website. Now, technically speaking, it's true because The Ringer is the company who brings you but does not sponsor the podcast. So it's not like The Ringer is paying him to do the podcast, except for his job is to do the podcast. Possibly just plugging his own business, which is being plugged by the very nature of him being there. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing that, that he does. But it's also in keeping with what we believe his personality to be, which is a smart guy, an inventive guy, a creative guy. Who is very proud of himself. Yes. But it's during his self-promotion in the first three and a quarter minutes when he brings up how it's our kind of year. A lot of good stuff coming up here on the BS Podcast. This is our kind of year. March Madness, NBA. Um, baseball just started. Well, I think he means in the context that three minutes and a second in is it's our favorite time of year. But what he says, it's our kind of year, which doesn't make any sense. Oh, right, because he's talking about how it's March Madness, NBA playoffs, baseball comes back. Yes, The Masters, right. But that doesn't mean it's our kind of year, because those things happen every year. Yes. Then we finally get to Pearl Jam and Corduroy. Then we start talking at five minutes and ten seconds in, trade value list. Now, this is the Rosillo podcast, which does not have a name, which is an ongoing bit, which I don't find to be all that amusing, but sometimes the names are kind of funny. And... Rusillo really comes across as a guy who is a professional broadcaster, and that's meant both as a compliment and an insult. I agree. But they begin talking about Simmons's trade value list. <laughs> and the question is this, based on my old, uh, my old trade value column. Which I think is a great idea. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a useful, evergreen concept that, particularly when he actually used to write columns, was something you could rely on. And it was always very long, but very thoughtfully done. This year, the most recent trade value column was done on December 19th. It's also the last time he put pen to paper for the (laughs) ringer. So we're talking at this point almost four full months without written content from Bill. This is what he said on December 19th. This month's edition covers honorable mention guys and a preliminary top 55 list. Now, I emphasize preliminary because that suggests that there's something that comes after it. (laughs) The liminary portion. Next month, we'll tweak a few rankings, finalize that top 55 list, and write about each of those 55 players. Never did. I didn't see that article. I never saw it. Maybe I missed it. It didn't happen. And every month after that, we'll keep tweaking the list and adding new commentary for certain players when necessary. And the funny thing is he talks about it on the podcast, like he did on this podcast, where he'll talk about how, like, well, if I were going to redo my trade value, and it's like, oh, you mean as you said you would? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he just has decided that it's not been necessary. But he's coming and said it's going to be necessary. (laughs) Because he talks a lot about, uh, well, they do a little bit of, like, the Zion stuff and who he would move up and down. Or the guy from the Raptors, uh, Siakam. Siakam. Who I think he's, you know, he loves balling, yeah. but no point in updating that old stale content. We want this to keep changing and evolving, like our NBA draft guide. What? We might even throw in some fancy up and down arrows on the house, our treat, <laughs> which is really the modus operandi of Bill Simmons. Yes. Great ideas, knows they're great <laughs> ideas, does not follow through on them, but reminds you 
it is great. And he, but he does it with a personality that I, I like. Yeah. I mean, I like the guy's personality for the most part. Uh, and then we'll spend 45 minutes <laughs> at 6.39 a swallow. It's fun to have the Kings somehow involved. I know we can't. But even if we had, if they did the one through 16 format and threw away the conferences, I would just rather have them in the playoffs than like three of these teams. At 8.40, <laughs> they discussed the Lenny Cook documentary. Oh, yes. Did you see the Lenny Cook documentary? I did. It was incredible. Trying to remember. The Lenny Cook documentary, which they both love, they both think is great, and then Bill says, <laughs> I wish we had done that for 30 for 30 oh, I don't because know. I of think, how great it is. I think it was more self-aggrandizing than that, <laughs> than that. It was not, I wish we would have done it as a 30 for 30. It was actually more of, that would have been a good 30 yes. for 30. <laughs> Meaning, I would, I would have accepted that yeah. as being uh, up to my own personal standards. It should have been a, that would have been a good 30 for 30. It was kind of like one of those that I wish had been in this series. I'm trying of, to remember kind of the story we like to tell. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the what song like he was tell. sitting when they were all getting hammered in his kitchen. At 16.30, a swallow. You know, pretty good team, but they, that was a big moment for them. And Morant showed up and nobody else played well. And it was like, all right, why did that happen? Well, the game is. At 17.30, there's a conversation about Chris Weber. And that's time. my favorite part of him. But also and not in a selfish way, not to no. just turn this into a jerk circle, but genuinely happy when other guys do well. Where Russillo makes it sound like this is finally Weber defending himself from the 1992, I think, NCAA championship game where Weber called the infamous timeout when he didn't have one, earning himself a tech, his Michigan Wolverines attack, after what probably was a legitimate travel uh, and ultimately the North Carolina Tar Heels winning that championship. The thing is, what Russillo says, ostensibly to defend Weber, is that the coaches were calling a timeout, on the bench. and therefore Weber believed it was appropriate. But what it actually makes it sound like is, A, Weber is a dummy and did not know the situation <laughs> and relied instead on his coaches, which is probably what a 19-year-old or so should do. But Weber is a smart guy. Like, he went to Detroit Country Day. He's not an idiot. Yes. So he should know better, and he should not try to throw his own intellect under the bus as a defense for it up on the most important stage of his young basketball career. But more than that, I think it makes Weber, who has really done a lot to rehabilitate his public image, come across kind of Yes. Because what he's doing is saying, well, it's not my fault. And what we prefer in our American athletes, I think, is someone who says, I screwed up, I own it, now let's move on. Yeah, it happens. Also, this is around the time where Rosillo refers to UNC coach Roy Williams as Roy. Yes. He specifically says something like, and then Roy did this. Now, maybe Ryan Rosillo has met Roy Williams. Maybe he's even had like lunch with Roy Williams. I am suspicious that Ryan Rosillo and Roy Williams are on a first-name basis. Do you find it more or less irritating than the constant references to Krzyzewski as K? Yeah. <laughs> At least he is called Coach K. Nobody, nobody calls him Roy, except I assume his family and his close friends. At 28 minutes and six seconds in, a swallow. But before that, Simmons has a hot take. He believes that quarterback is the hardest job. It's time someone finally takes a stand and recognizes that quarterbacking is tough. Yes. And I think it's someone with the integrity and the reputation of Bill Simmons to finally point that out to people. He also tries to compare it, I think it's this podcast, he tries to compare it to flying a fucking jet. <laughs> yes, and then Rosillo says, well, now you don't really have to do anything to fly the jets. They basically fly themselves. This is also the same time where he gives some great life advice, which is something like, it's just like real life. You have to just sort of like be calm, cool, 
be able to make decisions. And then he says, just like regular people, like when I'm on TV. Because <laughs> you know all the regular people who are on TV yes. all the time. Yes. <laughs> that, that bus driver, uh, that deli counter worker, that subway sandwich, sandwich maker. artist. Artist, yes. Uh, artist. Are all nodding along. It is exactly like when you're on TV, Bill. At 28 minutes and 56 seconds, there's an ad. The ad is for ZipRecruiter. And during the ad, which is a paid segment for ZipRecruiter, Bill says, no one understands the importance of talents better than ZipRecruiter. And uh, and now we're here. No one knows the importance of talents more than ZipRecruiter. They deliver qualified candidates. Not talent. Talents more. Talents, plural. This is going back to one of our repeated beefs with the Bill Simmons podcast, which is that he is A, getting paid, <laughs> and B, making a recording on C, free media that he can write over ad infinitum at infinitum and yep. chooses or possibly cousin Tater. What is nephew Kyle? Nephew <laughs> Kyle decides we'll go ahead and leave in talents. Do, do you think that there would be a point where say ZipRecruiter or DAZONE, probably not because Skipper would say to him, Hey, listen, we're paying you. Can you do a better job reading these ads? I mean, I could see talents being one where it's like, okay, he said talents, but what was the one last week where, he couldn't even say the name right. It's a luminary. Luminary, premium. yeah, right. Oh, that was the one, because it also a podcast medium, yes. which is what he is recruiting. But I could see Luminary being like, dude, you got to at least say the name right. Practice it before you uh, do the ad rate. Or if you mess it up, do it again. At 33 minutes and 30-something seconds in, didn't that take good notes, <laughs> there is a brief interlude where Bill asks Rusillo what he's doing. No, Bill asks him, are you queuing something up? And Rusillo says... Yes. What are you queuing up? And Rosillo says, we don't need the audio. I just feel like, what, what are you playing? It's, I, I'm, keep, finish your thought because I'm queuing up right now. We don't need the audio of it, but. Well, his career is going to end soon. He is unequivocally a I don't know how that could possibly be true because this is an audio podcast. There's yes. no video. So we would absolutely need the sound. And then he says, okay, I'm going to keep looking at it. And they just never come back to it. They yeah. never talk about it again for the yes. entire podcast. Yes, it's the Brian Windhorst of this <laughs> segment of and the podcast. Again, it's like, just go back and take that part out. First of all, it doesn't make a ton of sense anyway, because what it sounds like is, here is something that's going on that only the people in the room really understand. Let's remove it so that the people listening at home won't come to the like, conclusions that we're coming to, which are nobody knows what they're doing. He then goes on to say that he doesn't believe people should get in the Hall of Fame if they don't deserve it. Yeah. And I have to say, I think I stand by that decision. That's two hot takes by Bill Simmons in this podcast. Quarterbacks have a hard job, the hardest. Yes. And you shouldn't get into the Hall of Fame if you don't deserve it. And he's right, because it angers me when people who don't deserve it get in there. At 45 minutes and 20 seconds, he swallows. Splitting those guys up, they each have their own team, disaster. Hey, we're finally going to do the thing that um, we've teased for two weeks. At 52 minutes and 18 seconds, there's another ad, and it's the one about Simply Safe. Uh, I think they're a great company. They do a lot to sponsor podcasts, not just Ringer Podcasts, but they do a lot of podcast sponsorships. I would personally feel safe if I had Simply Safe paying me money. I agree. Uh, I know somebody who has it. Yeah? Very good. They love it. They love it. What Bill says during the ad read is, nothing's better than going to the game with your family. Nothing is better than going to the game with the family? Now that is wrong. <laughs> you know what's better than going anywhere with your family? Not going anywhere with your family. Going places with my family is a f***ing drag. <laughs> no, it's not always terrible, and sometimes it's really fun. 
but usually it's not great. Rosillo tells a story he had recently had a dream that Larry Bird was in, which is fine. People have weird dreams with weird characters. What's weird about it is that in this dream, Rosillo talks about how he had a bunch of handguns that he wanted to leave at Larry Bird's house. But he is very clear in the podcast to make sure that we know that the handguns in the dream were registered. But for whatever reason, I had all these handguns with me. and, and they oh, were no. Yeah, but they were registered. So it wasn't like some <laughs> sketchy thing. They are definitely registered handguns because Ryan Rosillo does not want you, listening public, to think that his handguns are illegal or not registered. While Ryan Rosillo is telling this story about his dream, yeah. he audibly yawns. Vermont. And so we went to Larry Bird's house and I put all my handguns in his closet and then he caught me. They don't edit it out. He audibly yawns, indicating one of two things. Ryan Rosillo does not give a shit about this podcast <laughs> or Ryan Rosillo is bored to death with this story that he has decided he should tell on the Bill Simmons podcast. That yawn coming at 53 minutes and 45 seconds in. I thought it was possible that he just kept referring to the registered handgun detail as one of those weird dream details. Well, later he said something like, I made sure to tell Larry Bird that they were registered. And then Larry Bird was like, don't keep those handguns in my house. I don't care if they're registered. Don't keep your legal handguns in my house. But the first time he says it, he definitely says, and I had all these handguns, but they were registered. It did not appear in any way that he was just trying to make you concerned that Dream Him was concerned about the registered handguns. At 59 minutes exactly, Bill says, Paul George's shoulder. (laughs) Not Paul George's, but Paul George's shoulder said they were working on Paul George's shoulder. It's clear he tries to start the word shoulder one word too early. (laughs) He should not have done this. That sounds like a boob. (laughs) What he should have done was just said Paul George's shoulder again and got it right or made fun of himself. Right. And the real reason that we decided that we had to declare ourselves (laughs) ombudsman for the Bill Simmons podcast here on the Bill Simmons podcast. Because nobody else can bother to do it. Yes. Why doesn't Rusillo call him out? The only person who calls him out with any consistency is Cousin Sal, who yeah. is a pretty pretty good ball breaker, honestly. Yes. But no one else no one else bothers to point this out. I think they should. At 59 minutes and 59 seconds, I believe, but we'll let you, the listener at home, make your own decision. I believe Bill says, et cetera. Brooke is really physical for Curry, et cetera, et cetera. So the Thunder ain't going home. It is actually et cetera, E-T. This is a common mistake. It's commonly mispronounced. Yeah. I think he says, etc. It's definitely a thing that Bill Simmons would do. Etc. Etc. There's another ad from 116.35 to 117.42. And then at 123.26, there's a discussion about LeBron and Dwayne Wade flying across country in a private on a six jet. Hour, right, a six-hour flight on a private jet. And Bill asks rhetorically, if anyone knows how long a six-hour flight is. You know how long a six-hour flight is when you're in like a private jet? There's like, I've done quite a bit of research on this <laughs> and I have not been able to come up with a definitive answer on how long a six-hour flight is. I would say it's somewhere between five hours and seven hours, but I don't want to narrow it down because we don't know certain factors about wind speed. Wind speed. <laughs> you got to like Matt as a fan of the Phillies, the Eagles, presumably the Flyers and the 76ers. The response that Philadelphia fans had in Bill's imagination to critics of the process. There was uh, irrational Philly hate in this. Uh, oh, your skin podcast. is too thin. It no. was irrational. He was 100 percent on. That's exactly the way you reacted when people I do, criticized. Yeah, well, his process hate is bullshit. 
at one hour, 36 minutes and 30 seconds in, Bill finds something delicious. Identify all 30 NBA fan base civil wars. Hmm. Shortly thereafter, Bill Simmons is espousing his philosophy, which is that the Magic should try to make the playoffs so that people can get some experience and get a taste of what it's like to be under the increased pressure of playoff basketball. Yes. And Russillo immediately says, when he thinks about people's takes, his response is, is this a dumb person? I'm all for trying to make the playoffs versus the difference between the 10th pick and the 13th pick. I would just rather make the playoffs, get experience for my guys, have some fun with the fans. Like, I just think that's more valuable than moving up three spots. But some people don't agree. I'm now, almost every position I have is, did someone who I think is dumb say something I think is dumb? And then I kind of formulate off of that, right? So yeah. when somebody says, like, that experience is invaluable, you get your young guys, a little taste of the playoff thing and all this shit, I think a lot of that is so overrated. <laughs> and then immediately quotes Bill Simmons is saying... I don't like it when people get experience and just get a taste of the playoffs. But yes. then I think he sort of backs it off and reverses it. But it felt pretty awkward there. And I don't know that Bill knew that was coming because it seemed awful non-agreeing there it's, for a second. Yes, it seemed like it was a thing that they did not agree on that I think Bill did not expect him to not agree on. It would be like if I took a position and then at the end of me taking that position, I realized that I had actually taken the opposite position. <laughs> Or you took a position contrary to my position, told me you thought people who had this position were stupid, and then at the end said, but I've actually decided you're right. <laughs> yes, which is basically what Rosillo did. Also, it's right around this time that Rosillo makes an incorrect Temple of the Dog reference, where Bill is saying this would be like Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Nirvana and Pearl Jam got together and said, let's just play some club in Seattle, and the fans can tell us who's best. And then Rosillo says... Ooh, Temple of the Dog reference, which is wrong. Temple of the Dog was made up of members of Pearl Jam and... Technically, at that time, members of Mother Love Bone. Yes. And Soundgarden. And Soundgarden and, and Eddie Vedder, yes. who had just been brought in as the uh, potential lead singer for Pearl Jam, the band which had not yet been created, or may have been called Mookie Blaylock at that point. It sounds like fans of Temple of the Dog will have to continue to go hungry. That's pretty good. Not that trades aren't really important, but, you know, mm. maybe maybe it is now. In the future, there's an argument for it. But The next podcast was the Skipper podcast. At 55 seconds in, as Bill is talking about SeatGeek, he mentions that he recently bought tickets for his wife and daughter to go to a play, but he won't tell us what the play is because he's not sure if it's good. I use SeatGeek this week to buy tickets for my wife and daughter for a play that I won't mention. Because I don't know if it's good yet, but I think it's going to be good. What does this mean? It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it, it means Bill is not going to tell us where his wife and daughter are going unless he thinks we'll be impressed by it. First of all, it boggles my mind that he thinks I give a shit what his wife and kid do. But what's more than that, he wants to make sure I, as the free listener, am suitably impressed by the seats he's buying on SeatGeek. Pearl Jam starts at three minutes and eight seconds. Again, going back to Skipper's involvement with Dada Zone and the fact that Dada Zone... Can we talk about it? They, I know they talk about it, and he kind of admits it, but that is a stupid name. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like the fact that it's like the weird slang pronunciation for the. But, and I think his the point Skipper was making was, I know it has that connotation in America, but it doesn't anywhere else. And basically, I'm willing to accept that for my American audience with the understanding that, I don't know, it sounds like it's easier to get it trademarked or possibly yeah, copyright copyrighted or in other countries. And then compared 
D-A-Z-N to E-S-P-N, which I think was an acronym for something. One of the things that struck me as odd was that Bill repeatedly wanted us to be clear that this relationship between The Ringer and the Bill Simmons podcast and Da Da Zone is only for three months. This is like Lisbeth Taylor and uh, <laughs> Richard Burton. We might get married again. It's like we are getting married again. So It's uh, <laughs> three-month marriage. Yes. Why is that so important? I don't know. I mean, is he lording it over Skipper? Either that or did it involve some sort of like special deal? Is it maybe like you got to get on this now because in three months you're not going to get anymore? Yeah, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, Matt. Never as clear. Yes, therein lies the problem. At 10 minutes and 45 seconds in, Skipper makes a comment that he was dismissed for insubordination from Us Magazine and then says that's something he and Bill have in common. He did, you know, ultimately fire me. We, We share this in common. I was fired for insubordination. Which even though the conventional wisdom or the legend and understanding is that Bill was not dismissed from ESPN, but in fact just did not have his contract contract renewed, renewed. Skipper is implying that in fact Bill was dismissed for insubordination. Also, Skipper was the president at the time, right? When Bill was fired? Well, when his contract was not renewed (laughs) as a result of his insubordination. Yes. So, I mean, it basically was like, I fired you for insubordination. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Skipper, I think, first of all, he's got a great North Carolina accent. Yeah. He sounds like a man who has dealt with an embarrassing public scandal and moved on. Well, we're not going to talk about it, though. Well, no one's going to talk about <laughs> it. But he does sound contrite for being involved in this weird Coke extortion scandal, which resulted in him resigning from ESPN uh, and then immediately going into rehab, which is appropriate. And he does say it at the very end that it never affected his, his job. And, you know, that may be true. I don't know. I, I never worked with the guy. But he really comes across as a genuine dude and a thoughtful yeah. dude. And a guy who was a hard worker and very diplomatic. On the other hand, we have Bill Simmons, who at 16 minutes and 30 seconds in, talks about the heyday of page two. And he thinks that's when he was working for it. It just flew. What was the heyday? Like mid-2000s? Because I think I was ranting for it at that point. Yes. And then later he talks about how he doesn't make any apologies for ESPN from like 09 to 13 when they did a a bunch of good stuff like 30 for 30 and Grantland. The stretch from like 09 to 2013, I still stand by. The company was super creative. It's like 30 30 and Grantland, stuff like that. Like Yes, his two <laughs> projects. Yes. yes. Hey, here are the things that you did well, my things. <laughs> they mentioned some of the publishing luminaries to call back to, what is it, Luminary Premium. <laughs> some of the publishing luminaries who began working with Page 2, Ralph Wiley, Dr. Gonzo, Hunter S. Thompson. And then Bill took it personally that he was not initially among those. <laughs> yes. Look, it was followed pretty quickly by Hunter Thompson. Well, you, la- you launched page two, spent some money on it. Spent Ralph a- Wiley, Halberstam. Yep. Halberstam, and pretty quickly, the sports guy. Yeah, not not me initially, though. Now, who, I, did, I remember taking that? it personally. Skipper tried to make him feel better by being like, you should feel good about this because you're the one person we brought in. You're the nobody, Yes, I guess, is what he's saying. This is, this is to use another Simmonsism. This is like Teddy Roosevelt complaining that he was the only the fourth choice for Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Simmons talks about how in between the time he worked at his own column and the time he started work for ESPN's website, he took five weeks off because he had been working for five years straight. Yes. I took. I asked for five weeks off because I've been working for like four years straight. Right. Wow, what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Must have sucked to have to work for five years. Yeah, wow. So all you pipe fitters and uh, dock <laughs> workers who routinely take several weeks off. You normal people who are on TV all the time. From 2315 uh, to 2442, there's an ad. And there's a discussion during that ad about having to know what to do with talent. And what, of course, Bill implies is that he 
He knows what to do with talent. Or people should know what to do with him because he is talent. Of course, you have to know what to do with the talent. That was one of the things that made my uh, my relationship with Skipper so interesting over the years. Uh, ZipRecruiter, of course, would consider him to be talents. <laughs> At 2855, there's a discussion about how Simmons went to work for Kimmel, and Kimmel was at ABC, and Simmons presumes that it was okay with Skipper for him to work with an ABC company or an ABC project, but not for another company. And Skipper points out that, in fact, he did a similar deal with someone to go to work for NBC. Doesn't say who. Never says who. Nope. I, did, I did do at least one deal for somebody who wanted to go to NBC True. at one point. True. They talk about it like they know about it, though. The two of them. At one hour and eight minutes in, there's a discussion about how the Major League Baseball contract was useful to ESPN because it allowed ESPN to literally eat up innings, <laughs> no pun intended. But really, it did not allow ESPN to literally eat up innings. Yeah. It figuratively allowed ESPN to eat up innings by having ball games during which innings were eaten. It but was a pun, and it seemed like he did intend it. Yes. Regular season Because it's, it's literally eating up innings, no pun intended. Yeah. In fact, what he should have done was not use the word literally, not said no <laughs> pun intended, and just bask in the glory of getting that exactly right. Yes. Did not. At one hour and 10 minutes and 15 seconds, they talk about problems and then immediately go to an ad at one hour, <laughs> 10 minutes and 25 seconds, where Simmons reiterates that there's nothing better than going to the game with a family. Because we're actually going to believe you, Bill. <laughs> Those of us who have families know you're lying. On the other hand, Simply Safe, terrific product. Really great. I would definitely believe Simply Safe if they told me. I would love to take my family to a game with Simply Safe, the corporate entity. At one hour, 11 minutes, and 19 seconds, Bill comes back and immediately mispronounces the word Genesis. <laughs> back to John Skipper. I think the genesis of it was probably. And Skipper just sits there. Crack the whip, Skip. Crack the whip. At one hour and approximately 13 minutes in, there's a conversation about how Simmons was suspended for the first time. And what he says is he had been working so hard on what I think was the NBA season previews with Jalen Rose that he was extraordinarily tired. And he did not take the time to listen to the podcast where he calls Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, a liar. And then tells his bosses, we know Skipper's one of his bosses, that he dares them to um, suspend him. To suspend him. Yeah. Please, call me and say I'm in trouble. I dare you. What he says is he should have taken that out. Not the fact that Goodell is a liar, which he will never apologize for. There's one part I just would have taken out and it would have made it a lot right. easier. I stand by the Goodell lying about stuff the, part. Because who gives a shit? Yes. But he should have taken out the part that was directly and, and sort of boastfully insubordinate. Yeah, because he's basically like, one, Goodell's a liar, and I'll never back down from that. Because, of course, he could say that now because there's nobody to stop him, and he doesn't work for a company that owns a bunch of NFL rights. Right. And he gets to say, and you guys did what you have to do. You didn't do it because you, there was pressure from the NFL for ESPN personalities not to shit on the commissioner of the NFL. You did it because oh, I was boastfully insubordinate. But the worst part about that is when he tells us he recognizes he could have taken it out because they take stuff out all the time. <laughs> As I'm, Kyle knows, we take stuff out of the podcast all the yeah, time. You, the, you push the envelope and then you... It's funny how you remember these things. Well, then take out all your f***-ups, <laughs> Bill. The Bill Simmons podcast podcast would not exist. <laughs> I was say, if that was true, we would be unnecessary. He also mentions that one hour, 16 minutes, and around 30 seconds in, he told an employee of Skipper's 
that he had a plan to have a conversation with Skipper. And then the employee immediately goes and tells Skipper everything Bill said. We had a dinner, I think like a month after I got suspended in LA. And I made the mistake of telling somebody that uh, worked for you, like my plan for things I want to talk about, who uh-huh. then told you all the things I was going to talk to you about. Which just goes to show you that he's a bonehead. He fucked that up. Yes. Come on. It had to be by way of bragging. Of course it was. Skipper says he expected Bill to leave, which is great. They also discussed the ride home model. What the fuck is that? <laughs> well, because the ride home model was the one that was the most interesting yeah. to me. Do you know? Nope. Who's right home? <laughs> no idea. Simmons blames Skipper for listening to the pieces, that is to say, the stories that are written about Simmons' appearance on the Dan Patrick show, where he talks about the testicular fortitude of Goodell. Yes. I mean, I was on Dan Patrick's show. I made some like joke about Goodell, if he has testicular fortitude. Which is kind of blame that Skipper accepts to a degree. Yes. Which I think speaks not only to who he is as a person, but to who he is as a boss. This guy owns it. If he screws up, he owns it. I think there's a lot of credit uh, due, Skipper, and a lot. Of, uh, the guy has a lot of personal integrity. On the other hand, if you fire somebody or don't renew their contract on the basis of insubordination, because they use the misbegotten phrase or malapropism, testicular fortitude, <laughs> that means strength of balls? Yes. <laughs> it makes no sense. But it does say, when it's time for him to issue his apology, Skipper, he doesn't say that he's sorry he did it. He just says that he regrets that it interfered with their relationship, <laughs> which is basically when you get in a fight with your wife and she gets all pissed off, but you're sure you're right. And you say, well, I'm sorry. It made you feel bad. Yes. <laughs> I regret that it interfered with our relationship for a long time. At one hour, 26 minutes and approximately 40 seconds in, Simmons doesn't know how to pronounce adversaries. Well, the, the, the thing now about that job is you're dealing with all of these uh, rivals and adversaries. I honestly didn't listen to this one that closely. Neither did I. didn't care. House is a part of it. And then they go to Colin Farrell, who seems like an absolute pleasure. Yes. <laughs> uh, and at the end, Simmons' kid talks about wrestling and stuff. Uh, at 1 minute and 45 seconds in, Simmons talks about how he's spoiling his kids because they will be in charge of his health care one day. A couple of years ago, I realized that at some point I'm going to be really old and my, my children are going to be in charge of my health care and my health. And I just count out to them all the time now because I, I want to ha- win points for when I'm 85. Which seems like rank rationalization in the first place. But in the second place, his kids are now, I believe, 13 and 11. And he's turning 50 this year, which means he had his kids when he was 36 or 37 and 38 or 39, which is kind of old. But it's also kind of when I had my kids, so I can't give them too much shit. Also, I think what it really is is, man, I often talk on this podcast about all the terrible things I let my kids do that are rationalized. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I got to come up with a reason after the fact. Pearl Jam starts it. Four minutes and 34 seconds Again. in. Matt, that's got to be a record. At 27 minutes and 45 seconds in, Simmons, daring God to strike him down with a <laughs> bolt of lightning, says, if anything, he is super critical of his own teams. If anything, I'm super, uh-huh. su- super critical of my own You've teams. You've been very prob- down on the Celtics team. Very down. I it's listened. Just not true. <laughs> I just I listened closely for the thunder, and I didn't hear it. There's an ad at 33 minutes and 25 seconds that lasts for like three minutes. At 34 minutes and 29 seconds, Bill Simmons swallows. I'd follow her. I'd follow Daenerys. She's keeping I mean, it real. Um, Bud Light, reminding you to enjoy. Resp- At 34 minutes and 55 seconds, there's a debate about how you pronounce Los Feliz. Nine um, part three and Los Feliz. Is that how you say it? Feliz? How do you say Los Feliz? Los Feliz. And I'm not certain Bill is right. <laughs> Perched next to Griffith Park's lush urban parkland. And minutes from Hollywood and Silver Lake, Los Feliz is an ideal place to walk, sip artisanal coffee, or visit one of the best indie bookstores in the country. 
House then discusses his brand new putter. He's smarter than that to think, man, I watched that video and I look terrible playing golf. You know what I'll say? New putter. I mean, there's no way House thinks anybody no, would buy that. No. I had a brand new putter. It was the first time I touched that putter. I hadn't made it mine yet. We were. It was a first date between me and that putter. I, I had not... She was putting up all the defenses. She's not giving up three-footers, that new putter of mine. It's reminiscent of the uh, Seinfeld episode where baby Jerry plays tennis with the uh, foreign <laughs> tennis instructor yes. and keeps tanking games so the instructor can get in good with his wife. Look at this guy. He's awful. <laughs> He's not a man, this Jerry. He's not even married like I am. That's the way he golfed. And I can say that as someone who barely watches golf and almost <laughs> never has played it in my life. There's an ad from 55, 56 to... A approximately 57 minutes. But before that, there's a discussion of the MVPs. And I really thought House did a great job. And this is a guy who usually comes pretty prepared from a statistical and numerical standpoint. He knew what he was talking about. When they have these kind of conversations, this is one of the things you tune into the Bill Simmons podcast for. Because this was a really cogent, thoughtfully executed, strategically executed discussion of the merits of Giannis versus Harden. And I don't remember who did what. Do you? No. Yeah. Uh, At one hour... 45 minutes, Bill Simmons swallows. Last week and actually Monday. At one hour, 46 minutes and five seconds, there's an ad for YouTube, which is so apropos. <laughs> because if these were actually put on YouTube, you, you would have an excuse for why he keeps swallowing. Yes. And you leave it in and you don't edit it out of the audio. At approximately one hour and 49 minutes, Bill Simmons' kid comes on. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. He immediately announces his predictions for the wrestling events they're going to... He always brings them on before WrestleMania. Which is cool. And I I honestly think it's a nice use of the family. It humanizes Bill. It gives a voice to some of the characters he discusses. And it also explains some of the ways Bill reacts. The kid then immediately, shades of the podfather, tells the listening audience that he is a, quote, great predictor. (laughs) I know the outcome. Tommaso Ciampa is going to come back and make Johnny Gargano lose. How do you know this? You're because just guessing? I, I'm a great predictor. Okay, so that's going to happen. Toward the very end of uh, Ben and Bill discussing wrestling with each other, Ben says, screw you to his dad. <laughs> Nia Jax got bullied. I also got bullied into going to WrestleMania with you. Well, and now you. America's not going to get their podcast until Tuesday. Well, well, America, you can wait. As someone who does not have an 11-year-old or a 13-year-old, I would like to offer this unsolicited advice. Mr. Simmons, get used to that. At approximately one hour, 56 minutes, and 20 seconds into the third of three podcasts, he's thanking all of his sponsors, including, mistakenly, The Ringer, which is not a (laughs) sponsor. sponsor. It is the hosting company. It's not even the hosting company. It's his own company. It's not as if he's J.J. Reddick or some other guy who has a podcast on The Ringer Network saying, thank you to The Ringer for hosting me. Bill Simmons controls all the content. He is the person who makes a decision to host his own podcast on The Ringer. Bill Simmons then goes on to declare The Ringer the world's greatest website. Thanks to TheRinger.com, the world's greatest website. This has been the Bill Simmons Podcast Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. Thanks for joining us. Just two fingers.